Don't be lazy or nice. This is survival. Be ruthless and capital-centric because your business and your life and your business life depend upon it. And if you don't, then guess what? Somebody else is going to do it to you. This is the Self Storage Podcast, where we share the knowledge and skills from the industry's leading investors, developers, and operators to help you launch and grow your self-storage business. Your host, Scott Myers, over the past 16 years, has acquired, developed, converted, and syndicated over 2 million square feet of self-storage nationwide with the help of his incredible team at selfstorageinvesting.com, who has helped thousands of people achieve greatness in self-storage. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Self-Storage Podcast. I am your host, Scott Myers. And as promised, we are going to have a part two, the 10 things you must do to prepare for a recession. In the last episode, if you didn't listen to it, you should go back as we talk about the multiple phases that we go through in economy, where we are, which one of those four phases that we're in, and how do you prepare for the opportunities that are going to exist and what we're seeing, how this recession is different than others in the past. So now what I want to do is I want to take some time this episode to focus on the things you must do to prepare, to prep your business for the recession, to make sure that it is uh, recession proof. And so the top 10 things, and I will go into detail on these, is you must generate cash now. You need to know your monthly break-even point if you haven't calculated that in the past. Know when it's happening and get ahead of it. How to right-size your business. How to renegotiate to survive and then flourish. You must focus on sales. That's number six. Number seven is having a sense of urgency, and we should have this in our business every day. Number eight is know your resources and how to get ahead of this. Number nine is avoid stupidity. Go figure. And number 10 is to adopt a survival of the fittest mindset. So let's take these one by one and do a little deeper dive. Generate cash now. How do we do that? Acquire turnarounds. You fix them, you create value, and then you sell them just as quickly as possible. That's pretty straightforward. You acquire more cash flowing facilities and portfolios rather than the troubled assets that are not cash flowing. It goes without saying. And continue to do what you're doing now, except just be more efficient with it. Be militant in your expenses, driving those down and squeezing every last dollar out of your facility and being aggressive, assertive in your rental rates and monitoring those. If you're not doing some type of a revenue management model and or software in your business, you should be doing that now. And then scaling to get better, as I mentioned, hiring the right people because you may be asking 1.5 times the work out of them than you would in the past. And you may have to take a look at freeing up the future of some of your staff right now that just may not be cutting the mustard for you. You may have to free up the future of some of your staff because they are just no longer operating at the level that you need to be at to make sure that you survive and thrive during this recession. You need to add additional marketing channels. It's all about the marketing. It never ceases to amaze me how when times begin to toughen and we have to tighten our belt that businesses, and this is corporations that I used to work for, other investors and owners and operators I've seen in self-storage, Well, they cut their advertising and they cut their marketing budget. That's the first thing to go. That is the last place you need to cut. That is the place where we need to be doubling down because as we head into a recession, we know that the rest of our competition is going to do that. And so it allows us to be able to gain their market share. And secondly, marketing and advertising companies, they see that from the rest of the business owners out there. And so they're offering steep discounts. So your marketing budget, your ad spend is considerably less. So now is the time to double down. There are many low-cost marketing channels, the first of being organic, putting out content about your facility, about your business. If you're raising private equity about yourself, writing articles, blogs, a podcast to draw attention organically and in exchange for time, 
you are gaining the additional eyeballs on your business, on your website, and at your facility. And that is all done organically just by producing content on a regular basis and getting it out there for people to consume. You can also add systems and tools to bring in deal flow and revenue without more headcount. And so there's a number of tools, software, and even agencies without bringing in headcount that you can utilize to bring in more opportunities and more deal flow for you to be able to take a look at. Number two is to know your monthly break-even point. That may scare some of you because you think, oh no, I need to get into my books or my QuickBooks and I don't even know where they are. Somebody else handles that. They just tell me when I'm out of money and they pay me when we have it. Well, what is your number? (laughs) You've got to know this. As the CEO, the president, the head, the founder, whatever your responsibility or role is in your business, everybody at every level should know what the break-even point is. So what's your number? No fluff, 100%. Be honest with yourself and go find it. What is your overhead? That's one way of understanding what your break-even point is, is when your expenses meet the revenue threshold in which you then are either in the black or in the red. What is the source of profit in your business? And if you break this down, there's many tools within QuickBooks or other accounting softwares or even sophisticated dashboards that allow you to be able to take a look at these key performance indicators that you set for your business and the benchmarks and whether you're exceeding them or not or which areas. It really highlights which areas of your business are the revenue generators and the biggest profit sources. And if you don't know what they are, well, it's time you need to find out. It's called prepping. What are the biggest profit centers and revenue generators? And then overall in your organization, which properties in your portfolio or other business services, depending on what type of business it is and what you do in self-storage, which ones are throwing off the most income? Can your business truly throw off passive income without you? Meaning if you were to go on vacation for a year, or if you were to be incapacitated or hit by the proverbial bus and couldn't make a decision, would your business continue to throw off passive income without you? Or are you either a cog or are you either a line worker that is generating income and what would happen if something happened to you? You need to ask yourself the question, is your business dependent upon you and or your partner's free labor? And I put free in air quotes, or for those of you that are watching on uh, YouTube, those are quotes. Your free labor comes at a cost and your hourly rate is higher than just about anybody else. It should be in your organization. So how much of that should you be doing versus focusing on these other areas and uh, growing the business and uh, preparing it for the recession? Number two, site and portfolio stress test. If you look at the individual facility as well as your entire portfolio, what happens when you begin to stress test your rents? Run this across each and every facility and then run it across your portfolio while simultaneously, if your occupancy goes up, it means your rates are going to go down because you're trying to keep the people you have and also attract new from your competition. So what happens when your occupancy goes from 3 to 5 to 8 to 10 to 12 to 15 to 20 to 25 percent, perhaps, and in the meantime, simultaneously, your rents to attract new folks or to keep the ones you got goes from a 5 percent decrease to now you're decreasing it by 8, 10, 12, 15, 20, 25 percent. What do things look like? How long can your facility weather that storm and how long before you're going to have to raise rates or occupancy or do something different? Number three, know when it's happening and get ahead of it. And what I say, what is it when it's happening and get ahead of it, it means a recession. When we're full on in a recession and somebody makes the announcement within the U.S. government. Well, right now we're 13 years into a recovery. Don't be in denial if this is your first cycle. And I can't stress that enough. So if you're on the treadmill right now, if you're driving, pay attention. Don't be in denial if this is your first cycle. There's a whole lot of folks that have had this huge wind in their sail, in their back since 2009 and 10 when we came out of the last recession. And yes, you may have been successful. Yes, you made a lot of money, but I don't want to burst your bubble. I'm just being real and honest. If you want to feel good about yourself and what you're doing in your business, then talk to your mother. But I'm going to give it to you straight and be honest. 
50% of that success is as a result of the market. And that may be tough to swallow, but guess what? That goes for myself as well. Self-awareness is a beautiful thing, and I have no issues with that whatsoever. We've been blessed, and the market has given us a gift these past several years. Take it for what it is. Don't think that you are all that and a bag of chips, and you are immune to what's coming in this upcoming cycle. You might not be as good as what your mom says. Just saying. So where's your risk? Easy money goes away. And success is the worst educator because the success that we've all had makes us immune to the areas where we need to improve or what our blind spots are. And ask yourself the hard question now, can I refinance? Did I create enough value? Was that all derived by the market? Did I create enough value that I can now refinance at a lower LTV, loan to value, and at a higher interest rate? And stubbornness will kill you. Pride, arrogance, and stubbornness will kill you. So you need to be aware. And again, public service announcement, accountability, call it what it is. But folks, I want us all to be able to survive and thrive. And so we're going to dig into the hard pieces of the business because we're heading into a hard market right now. Listen, there has never been a better time to invest in self-storage. And there's no better team than ours to show you how to do it because we wrote the book on how to invest in self-storage. Literally, we created the best-selling home study system titled How to Find, Evaluate, Purchase, and Manage Self-Storage Facilities. We have helped thousands of people launch and scale their self-storage storage business and have become the nation's go-to resource for all things self-storage. That's because we not only talk the talk, we walk the walk day in and day out since 2005 through now. Two recessions and amassing a 2.5 million square feet of self-storage totaling over 15,000 doors nationwide. There is nobody else that has more experience in self-storage that is teaching people how to invest in self-storage. So if you're ready to launch and scale your self-storage business, then go to selfstorageinvesting.com. Click on the events tab to grab your ticket to the upcoming Self-Storage Academy. So that again is selfstorageinvesting.com. Click on the events tab. Seating is limited. And on behalf of our team, we look forward to seeing you then. Take care. Number four is you need to right size your business. Also not easy. I am an Enneagram nine. I'm a peacemaker. I just want everybody to get along. I want to host the best party, period. That's me. My coach, he told my wife, he said, Scott would rather cut off his arm than fire someone. And that is true. I don't like messing with people's livelihoods and I don't want to be the source of them losing the only livelihood or half of it in a household. And so we take that very seriously. Our business, we are a steward of our business and we are a steward of our staff and our employees at these sites as well. But there are times we need to make the hard decision because if you don't and you don't let underperformers go or if you're overstaffed and if you just have to to survive, well, you can't do anybody any good, including yourself, let alone your staff, the remaining staff, if the business goes under because you didn't right size your business and you didn't do it fast enough. There's nothing wrong with going back as we head into deeper into recession and renegotiate salaries. Which ones can you cut and where do you need to add? That's a good question. Reallocation of salaries. If you cannot live without them, then guess what? They get a raise. (laughs) don't let them go anywhere else because this is what folks are also doing. They're right-sizing and they are looking for good quality people and you don't want anybody to poach your rock stars. If there's a reduction in your force, well, nobody likes it. Sometimes you just have to fire people. If that's the case, you'll have to provide more benefits to them as a result of it and what comes out of that. And that's disappointing, but that is the reality as we head into this. And if you're eliminating a position or right-sizing, you can legally fire and it costs you less money if you deploy the RIF strategy. I will let you look that up on your own in the interest of time. 
Commission. Can you move as many people to commission as possible? I'm a big proponent in everywhere in my organization in which I can tie somebody's performance to the amount of work and effort that they put into it, then their compensation or a portion of it is going to be tied to their performance as well. We pay on merit. We don't give out A-place trophies around our organization, and I wouldn't allow my kids to accept them in sports either. This is real life. And people do, if they're in a position where they get paid based upon their performance and they can make an impact, then we'll move them to commission, and typically they will thank you for it. Number five, renegotiate to survive and then flourish. I love to negotiate. I don't know that I'm the best at it, but I know I like it. I know that at the end of the day, if we can come to a meeting, then on the other side, usually a great negotiation is when two people walk away feeling as if they both gave up a little bit. And I think I haven't mastered that over the years, but I've gotten pretty good at it. And I entertain any of those conversations. I welcome them. So where can you renegotiate? Bank terms that you have on your current debt or any loans that are out there, suppliers. If you're on a payment basis with them, can you do less with less? Can you substitute different products? What can you do in terms of terms in which you pay them as well? And then any and all leases in which you're leasing equipment, you're leasing space, any lease that you have right now can be renegotiated because a recession is absolutely the time to hit the reset button and people are used to it. The folks that you'll be talking to that have the power to renegotiate any of your terms, your leases or anything else that you're going to revisit, they've already had this conversation. They've been having these conversations. Don't be lazy or nice. This is survival. Be ruthless and capital centric because your business and your life and your business life depend upon it. And if you don't, then guess what? Somebody else is going to do it to you. So in terms of preparing for this podcast and presenting this to everyone, I've had some conversations with some of my friends in the business. And I have been in the business for a number of years and at the level that we've been operating at and the stages that I share at the Inside self Storage Trade Show, the SSA shows, Writer for Forbes magazine, and some of the circles that I quite honestly the honor to be in. I get to have these candid conversations with folks that are pretty high up in the business. And so in talking with my friends at Live Oka Bank, one of the best pieces of advice is from the bankers themselves, if you have good cash flowing properties and plan to hold long-term, you should consider putting your debt into a long-term fixed rate loan. And if the loan comes due in a recession, it can be harder to refinance in a high rate, low LTV environment. And if you find yourself in this fix, you may need to go the route of an SBA with a guarantee in order to get the refinance. So uh, spoken from my friends over at Live Oak Bank. Another one of my consultant friends in the business, I asked the question of these folks, you know, what do you need to do in a recession? What is the one thing you need to focus on? Give me one or two nuggets. One of my consultant friends who was very well known said, you just need to focus on sales. Cut elsewhere, but don't cut sales. Back to my point of cutting marketing and sales. You need to train your sales team. Don't drop rates to get new tenants, new renters. Some companies who dropped rates in 2000 and 2009 did not recover rates in 2015 to 2017. Cutting rates will also kill your future looking performers if you want to sell or if you need to sell at the time as well. So very, very sound advice. Number seven, having a sense of urgency. Now, I don't know why people don't have a sense of urgency all the time in your business, which means that you need to constantly be focusing on driving the bottom line. If you've been thinking about selling, do it while you're at the top of the market. Factor in future cap rates and value if you plan to exit in three to five years. Factor in worst case scenarios across the board and stress test all areas of your business to make sure that it'll weather the storm and pretend as if it's going to happen tomorrow. So going through this exercise will be eye-opening to you and burying your head in the sand. And once again, I'm hoping that things will work out well. Well, we all know that hope is not a strategy. Number eight, know your resources. Your accountants, tax specialists, financial advisors, use their experience and skills to take your business to the next level to more than just survive a downturn. 
Lean on these folks. Talk to your CPA about services that go beyond traditional accounting. A cost efficiency analysis. You may want to write these down, which is basically the best use of your money. Cost segregation. If you're not already doing a cost segregation analysis to reduce your taxes, you should do so immediately. Refinancing debt that you can right now if it makes sense to do so, even at today's higher rates. Carry forward your losses into uh, future tax years to lower the amount of taxes that you have to pay. A number of other factors that your accountant should have, well, they should have an extensive referral network that can provide you with the right service in these areas and more at the right time. Also, in talking with one of my friends at the large REITs while I was out in Vegas last week or two weeks ago, he stated that we basically, as we head into a recession, we manage the balance sheet to be ready to acquire and or develop through the economic cycle. So in order to do that, we prioritize permanent capital sources and low leverage. So that means getting your house in order first so that you can be very opportunistic managing the balance sheet so that you can acquire and develop through the economic cycles. That's what all of you and we should be thinking about right now is not how do we hold on to what we've got, but how do we look forward and take advantage of the opportunity that is given to us. Number nine, avoid stupidity. Yes, you heard correctly at the beginning of this session. The last time, the last recession, gas prices were high, which they are again, and idiots went out and bought a brand new Prius. Yep, I said it. (laughs) Smart businesses got an extra few oil changes, some new tires, and drove the cars that they had into the ground. Use what you have and get more use out of it. No more new computers. Renegotiate your lease. Sign on for less, but a longer term. People just do dumb stuff during a recession. We've seen this happen. Just be poised to take advantage of that, but don't be one of those. Just don't be stupid. Avoid it. And then number 10, in terms of survival of the fittest, this is more mindset than anything. Let's hope it doesn't get to this, but you know, if it does and someone's going to die, well, you know what? I refuse to let it be me. Plain and simple. I can't provide and do what I do for my staff, my family, myself, and all our followers as we have built quite a few folks that rely on us for information, for resources, for coaching, for mentoring, and all the things that our companies provide and services in the marketplace. You know what? I'm not going to do any of these things. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do all the things that I just mentioned here to make sure that I don't die. It ain't going to be me. So what about you? It doesn't mean you need to be unethical or ruthless. You just need to be prudent and do whatever it takes within the law and do it with high integrity. But we are here to survive. I refuse to go down. But waiting and hoping, again, is not a strategy. You need to put these things in place. So these two podcasts, back and forth, I would listen to again. There's a number of items in here that I would write down and go through and refer to and check this box. If you have a CEO or if it's you, get with your team. If you follow traction like we do in our organization, at your next level 10 meeting, bring these things up with the staff and then assign these duties and the responsibilities for people to either say that this has been done or assign the responsibility or role for somebody to go find out where we stand with this. And in some of these, instances, I would bet that you don't know perhaps what your break even is and what your burn rate is and where your debt is sitting right now. You just don't have a good handle because you don't have a good dashboard on your entire portfolio, let alone your facilities. So assign these out. Don't be ignorant. Don't do stupid things. Make smart decisions and prep for this opportunity that we have in the marketplace. So I'm not talking about prepping to survive. I'm talking about prepping to thrive with all the opportunities that will be coming down the pike as we see this happen in the economy like we did the last time. I want to be the one who's partaking in the greatest land grab that I've ever seen in my lifetime in self-storage. And I refuse to go down and make sure that I know I'll survive. I just want to make sure that we thrive and again are out there in the mix swinging and going after as many facilities and doing partnerships and joint ventures that we possibly can. So with that gang, I hope that you pulled out one, two, 20 different nuggets and things that you need to be doing in your business right now to prepare for the recession, but also to take advantage of it as well. So with that gang, it's been an honor and a pleasure to spend time with you again. We will catch you on the flip side. Hey gang, wait. 
three things before you leave. First, don't forget to subscribe to the Self Storage Podcast and turn on your notifications so you never miss another episode. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review if you like the show. Second, be sure to share your favorite episodes and more via Instagram and don't forget to tag us. And lastly, head to the links in the show description and hit the following subscribe button on Twitter and Facebook to get a front row seat as we grow and scale our business and bring you along with us. Take care.